Welcome to the Mindful Career Transitions podcast. This is the show for you if you've had success in your current career, yet you feel like there must be a more fulfilling way to spend your day. Listen in as we share wisdom, tips and expertise on making a mindful transition to a meaningful career. Here's your host, Liesl Teversham. Hello and welcome back. I'm so grateful to introduce you today to my guest. And we're going to hear from her beautiful wisdom, Sharon Serda. And I'd love to share a little bit about her first before we dive into some really interesting questions for her. Sharon is a geneticist by academic training and work history. And she turned epigeneticist from her innermost desire to reveal the truth about our human potential. She has a BSc degree in microbiology and an MSc in human genetics. She worked in the field of genetics for 13 years, identifying genetic mutations for a whole host of genetic diseases, and she contributed to scientific papers as well as textbooks. So folks, we are talking to a very clever person today. Today she works specifically with genetic diseases, but on a different level, by assisting to release the energy in the form of emotions, beliefs and perceptions that get in the way of the natural flow of the body to bring about positive gene expression. Charan leads the paradigm shift in the revolutionary new field of epigenetics. And to our listeners, if you've heard of Dr. Bruce Lipton, you may be familiar with the term epigenetics. Otherwise, we're going to ask Charan today to explain a little bit about that. She has been featured on the Hidden Science TV show and also for the upcoming movie Punk Science. She runs her own blog talk radio show once a month. And she's also the author of a book, which you can find at Heba the Hoop. Um, and I'm sure it's not how it's pronounced, Sharon, but I'll ask you later about that. Uh, she has a huge passion to create animated videos to explain in a simple way concepts such as epigenetics, which you can find on her YouTube channel. And we will mention all the websites and everything afterwards right at the end so that everybody can have it fresh in their minds. And of course, it will be on the show notes page as well. So, Charan, welcome. It's such an honor to have you. Thank you, Liesl. It's just such an honor to be here to speak to you. Thank you so much. And first of all, um, I'd love to ask you if you can share a little bit about this fascinating journey that you've walked going from genetics and a very scientific, precise environment to epigenetics, where we deal more with, as I understand, the beliefs and emotions and perceptions that can influence our genetic expression. Yes, um, I'd love to. Uh, I while I was working at the uh, labor in the laboratory um, many years ago, um, it, I'm not sure if I need to go further back, uh, probably to the age of about eleven or twelve. Um, I always had a vision of wanting to help people, and that's where I I decided at that point to to become a scientist. And I felt that was the only way that I could do that. And so then my, you know, my, the years led to that. And I was then doing the work that I did in the laboratory. And while I was working there, I had a huge interest in the mind, body, spirit connection. And, you know, 
I was brought up with yoga and meditation just from day one. So that, that was kind of always um, in my background and part of my living practice. And so as I continued to work in the laboratory, I, I just knew there was something that was missing, something that I wasn't able to help people with that I could if I was doing something else, but I just didn't know what that was. And as I continued to work in the laboratory, I was also training in, in other modalities um, because of my interest, um, such as, you know, hypnotherapy and EFT, uh, Reiki, uh, just, you know, just searching and, and learning and just following my heart with that. Um, but after I left the hospital, I came across Bruce Lipton's book, um, who you mentioned, and um, the book is The Biology of Belief. And it was a turning point for me because what I felt was missing while I was working in a laboratory actually came together for me um, as a full circle. Mm -hmm. Because what I realized was that that it's not the genes that control our biology um, because, you know, in the laboratory, that's what I was doing. I was looking at the DNA for individuals with blood disorders and giving the results to the, the consultants who would then cater the, um, the way of treatment for those particular clients. And, you know, that's, that's still done to this day and it's still helpful to those clients, especially when they have serious disorders. But there was something behind in my, the back of me that kept telling me there was something else. And so this book actually brought that to my awareness that, um, that it was a possibility that it's not the genes that control our biology and there's something above the genes because that's what epigenetics means. Um, it's epi meaning above the genes. So they... The book then led me on to begin to look at ways that I could work with individuals to be more specific with regards to how it's possible to look at what that information around the DNA is that's influencing the DNA and creating a particular um, physical condition or emotional way of being, um, just just all of that. So that's really how I'm, <laughs> I'm here doing what I do. Wow. That is an amazing story. And it's isn't it just wonderful how that one book um, could lead you into the direction where you've always felt your heart to be, where you felt... I know I can make a bigger difference and I just don't know what it is yet. And here's a man who went through his own struggle. As I understand, he was um, not very well received, I think, in many circles. Mm -hmm. um, and through the struggle of, of, of his own journey came this book. And there you are reading this book. And it made all the sense in the world to you because you had the background of genetics and also the love of the con connection between mind, body and spirit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? Just yeah. one one book, and you know, they always say if your book can make a difference to one person, then you've done your job, and I think he did his job. <laughs> Absolutely, that's so beautiful to me, and um, it always comes to me as well as we never know the ripple effect of 
what where our work can lead to for other people and it could be many years down the line um, mm -hmm. so if we can all just keep that in mind is whatever we do today can have such beautiful ripple effects in the future yes I agree so it led you into a whole different career and Sharon do you still work as a geneticist at all or did you completely turn away from that and now are focusing more on the epigenetics well um, my contract came to an end at the hospital and so that was the end of, of that uh, I was almost it was almost as if, the, as if the universe had said okay so you know all this now go and may put it into practice so um, that's what I've been doing since Okay, and was there ever a time that you kind of felt the pull back to that environment or is this is this where your heart is and you absolutely thrive and you love what you're doing? No, <laughs> never, I'll never go back <laughs> because I can see the shifts that this makes in people's lives. It's, it's incredible and you, I, I would never leave it, never. Okay, so what I hear, what you, that little 11-year-old girl who had the yearning to make a difference in people's lives are now getting to live that because you can now literally see the difference that, that happens when you work with your clients. You see the difference here with your clients, not far away with clients that you, you do the research in the laboratory and then you don't have contact with the people. Yes, exactly. It's like, you know, um, I mean, I have clients all over the world, so it's over Skype or, or phone and it's just incredible just to hear the voice and the transformation. And I know you know that too. And it's just when you hear that, that gets your heart, you know, singing. And that's all you need. <laughs> yes. Yes. That is living our bliss, living our joy. Yeah. Yeah. And Sharon, if you could maybe, do you want to share a, a success or a positive highlight on this journey that you've led either with your own I don't know if you've ever had your own health problems or perhaps with a client and you don't need to reveal any personal details, but you know, how, how, how does it work then that, that working with emotions and beliefs can literally change a person's health? Well, I have permission from this particular client to share about her daughter, obviously without giving names, but um, she, um, her daughter has uh, is was diagnosed with cystic fibrosis, and they live in America. And she had um, she she was about eight, I think, when I started to work with her. And when she was born, um, and when they did discover that she has cystic fibrosis, I think this was pivotal in helping her as well and that was that the parents as soon as they heard the diagnosis actually decided not to take on that belief system and not even talk you know and mention that mm. at all in the house but it got to a certain point where she did start to uh, cough and and you know cystic fibrosis produces a lot of mucus and and there's um, a lot of risk of infections in the lungs and um, and usually their lifespan isn't very long because of that. Mm -hmm. um, and this little girl, I worked with her and, uh, you know, I can report uh, from what the mom has told me that she is now just absolutely fine and she'll get a normal cold just like the family and she gets over it and there's nothing else that they're doing. 
Um, she's literally, it gives me goosebumps just to even say this. I mean, she's literally living, le- leading a normal life. Um, the, the other benefits from having had work from her, and this is coming from her mom, is that um, her younger sister, because what happens is that when you look at the energy surrounding the DNA impacting the way that her biology was presenting and shifting that, it's also that energy includes inherited energies. And by that, I mean the energies that uh, were passed on to her when she was conceived from mom and dad. And that can be from generations before that it's been passed on and on and on. And so that influences the way that that particular genes, the genes are, those genes are expressed. Uh, kind of like, um, you think of Christmas lights, you know, mm-hmm. uh, you, you get uh, different lights lighting up. And with that, when you change the energy around those, those genes, the lights light up in a completely different way. Mm-hmm. So it, it's just, allowing for that possibility to be the case. And so as a result of having released those inherited emotions in her, uh, her sister who had um, a little bit of eczema, that disappeared too. And I never worked on her. Wow. And and I think mom and dad, um, there was, I can't remember what it was, but mom and dad also had some benefits from it too. Um, just general overall you know, feeling better in their health. So it's just amazing that, you know, one of the things while I was working in the hospital, I always felt that there was something with genetic disorders that could be shifted. And when I'd read Bruce Lipton's book and he said, well, you know, there's 5% of diseases that, you you know, if you're born with it, you know, you can't do anything about it. And I'm not quoting him or anything like that, but just, you know, overall, it was kind of like that general feel about that. And I just felt in my heart, I was, I just knew that that wasn't the case. I just knew that even those could be shifted. And so when this particular client came to me, I, it was just such an honor to work with her and to see the results because that just goes to show that anything can shift. Wow. That is particularly powerful because I do think that most of us, because of our background with medical professionals and the paradigm in which they live, and therefore we, if we don't know of any better, we don't get any other input, then we start believing the same thing, that some things are just written in stone. When you have that condition, it's never going to change for you, so learn to live with it, and we... Um, just buy into that paradigm. So it's very, very powerful to hear from you who have been working on the scientific side as well and then had the experience of, but it can shift, that we can literally open our minds to believe that anything is possible. Oh, yeah, yeah. Amazing. That it really is. is. We are amazing. We, It's our beliefs, and this is part of the energy around the DNA, you know, the, the, the belief systems that we have in place of what is possible and what's not possible, that that actually, the collective beliefs included, um, that get in the way of us moving through and allowing for the magic that resides in within to to 
actually express itself. That is, it's beautiful words. I really do love the simple way in which you can explain something that could be very complicated if you don't um, have your beautiful way of putting it in an easy, understandable way. Um, what came to mind as you mentioned that is, I seem to remember that in the beginning when HIV was the first diagnosed, it was like all of the patients died. And then as more of more of them uh, maybe lived longer lives because they started understanding it better or take, took better care of themselves, they lived longer lives. And so now the paradigm is no longer every HIV person or positive person dies. So mm -hmm. the collective paradigm around that had shifted. Yeah, great example. Yeah, exactly. Wow. Sure. So this, this is particularly powerful. So Sharon, um, wow, I don't know if, if there's an easy way to explain what I'm going to ask now, but if you could try your best. So how, how does it work that something as nebulous as a thought or a belief or an emotion can literally make our bodies do different things? If we, if we say this is possible for me or this is not possible for me, that is something that's, that I can't touch that thought, but how is it possible that it's so powerful? Well, let me uh, share a study that was done um, just to show the listeners um, how that's possible and then I'll explain a bit further. Um, there was a study done in Europe, um, I can't remember exactly where, um, but they what they did was they have all the records of all the individuals, the ancestors in a book um, you know, or what happened to them, um, whether they had drought or famine or, you know, the things that went on in their lives. And so they looked at these books and what they found was that at points in their lives where they had had famine or drought, um, the these individuals um, had grandchildren that now had diabetes mm -hmm. and so what they looked at was when exactly did um, you know the famine or drought happen and what they found was that in females it was around the time when they were in the womb because that's when the eggs form mm -hmm. and so that impacted their biology so the, the moms were going through the famine while they were in the womb for males, they were uh, at the age of puberty, and that's when the sperm form. So that basically impacted them in such a way that their grandchildren then presented with the symptoms of, of type 2 diabetes. Mm. And so what that tells us is that whatever they experienced at that time in the form of Energy, so um, famine and drought, I mean, that's, uh, you know, it's quite uh, traumatic on mm. the body. And so there's something that changes in, in them, the way that they feel, they experience life, um, that whole thing, you know, the, the energy around that. So because it, it being that way, there's, it, it's almost as if, 
it kind of think of it like everything in the body is energy Hmm. um you know your organs your glands and if you go further and further down the dna you get atoms and electrons and and then you just have space Hmm. and you know quantum physics has shown us it's 99.9 percent we're we're space yes we're solid you know the table is solid and that but it there is that space existing there and that makes us that's what we're made of so these things that we experience actually are energies that get trapped in the body Um, and if you think about it it's almost as if the frequency that you have you know we all have an innate wisdom um, of health and well-being and that's an important point um, to remember and and when these other energies uh, kind of Think of it like a cloud, I guess, um, around our own innate wisdom and, and perfection. Um, they begin to interfere with the frequency of our DNA and frequency of the way that we express things. So it really is like a, a play of energies that results in whichever way things show up for us Mm. um that's probably the best way to describe it oh that makes absolutely total sense um i think we know enough these days even somebody hasn't read any of this or um not gone into detail about um this type of topic that everything is energy and this was even talked about early in the the 19th century with Albert Einstein and that down to the bottom, bottom, bottom common denominator, everything is energy. So what you're saying, what I'm hearing from you is that all of this interacts on the energy level. And if we can change the energy of something, then it can express or it can look like something different. Mm -hmm. And like I said, you know, there is that I always... You know, there is always that innate wisdom within us um, and our bodies are always looking to come back to that balance. And when we can just listen, listen to what there is, then and and allow just and then allow the body to come back to its uh, highest vibration that it's here to highest expression. Mm. Um so what your work is doing and other people working with energy is to remove the barriers or remove the sort of interferences, the clouds that are interfering yeah. with the body's own ability to do its healing. I like to look at it like this. It's, um, you know, we, we have a connection to, we are, um, whether you call it the universe or the God or, uh, you know, whatever, it's like that wisdom exists within us that vibration exists within us and when you tune into a radio station um we we have that perfect vibration connected to that but when we experience static and different things in our lives and you know it becomes sort of um not so clear and so it's just a matter of getting that tune right again uh and by by clearing those energies that then that becomes there's less interference to do that 
That's beautiful. You do indeed put it in beautiful metaphoric ways so that everybody can form the picture in their own mind of how this works. So that is amazing. So what I'd love to know then is we've talked a little bit in our um, pre-recording conversation about the heart, Charan. It just came out of nowhere suddenly about the you live in the heart in the middle of England. And um, I'd love to ask you about the 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 role of the heart, how does the heart impact personal growth? And particularly because we, you know, my general overarching topic is, topic is about um, personal growth. And if you want to change careers, for instance, we often have to go through a personal growth journey. So can you talk to us about the heart and personal growth? Well, let me um, begin with the fetus and, you know, the first organ that forms in the fetus um, while in the womb is the heart. And OK, so we say, well, that's because the heart needs to pump the blood around the body and, you know, allow for everything else to form. And that's true. But that isn't the only function. And the other function of the heart is actually to uh, create a field of information. So as it pumps the blood, it's also creating this field of information um, that is there to allow and let the body communicate, the different parts of the body to communicate with itself. So for instance, you know, um, the, the cell in your uh, fingernail to communicate with the cell in your liver and so by doing that, it allows for everything to form in the right place, um, you know, as, as, as the fetus. That field of information is, doesn't disappear. It stays with us and it's always there. And so that field of information allows for us to create a relationship to ourselves and to ourselves as well as to our environment. So it is through this field that we then communicate with everything. And, you know, we all say it's it's almost cliche about, you know, oneness and, and all that. And yes, it's it's true and that's all there and, you know, in place. But we have... Um, when we have these, what I was talking about just before about um, the tuning into the right vibration, you know, the, the innate wisdom that we already have within us. When we are in tune with that, it comes from the heart space and it allows for that communication out and in to the body to be in perfect alignment. So, you know, um, I get people that, um, you know, relationship issues or, you know, along with other health issues, there's always the other stuff that goes on. Mm. And it's interesting that when you, when you allow for that energy to be released and allow you to tune into that perfect innate wisdom that exists within us, that has a profound effect, not only on our DNA, not only on ourselves, but also in how life begins to present itself to us. And
And it's almost as if you attract what is right for you because you're tuned into that vibration. And so everything begins to, you become like a magnet really. Um, and, and, you know, um, I have clients too that even though they haven't got, they've got health issues, they're still working on abundance issues and it's, it, it comes side by side. And, um, it's amazing how when you begin to allow yourself to release all the things that are um, keeping you out of tune, that things begin to flow as you get in tune. It's almost like a symphony. Wow. Yeah. That That is beautiful. And what you just said reminded me almost of, you know, these, uh, well, these two sayings that come to mind. The one is, as within, so without. Mm-hmm. So when we clear our energy and the the genes and the little bits inside of us, the tiny little particles can express themselves in a different way and our outward world also expresses it in a different way. And then um, the other one was something about uh, microcosm and macrocosm that are a reflection of each other. I can't remember where that fits in now. But so that is what I heard you say in, in beautiful words. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So as we clear obstacles or emotions or beliefs about the world and ourselves, not only can our health look better, but our circumstances or what we think is the world outside of us will also start looking different and go into flow. Yeah. Um, There's also research with the HeartMath Institute where they have shown that um, the frequency of nature uh, of the grass and the trees and the flowers and and everything else is actually uh, the same frequency that our heart has. Wow. And so when we are in tune, we're perfectly aligned with everything. And that is just, it's, you know, nature doesn't, the tree doesn't say, um, I want more flowers or I want more fruit. It just happens. And it's the same way that um, we become as we tune into that wisdom. Mm-hmm. Oh, that is magnificent. So what I'm also sort of hearing between the lines is when we clear, let's call it our stuff, you know, all our baggage, the things that we carry from the past and the traumas that have happened to us. When we clear that out, it's like we can begin to bear fruit, the fruit that we are meant to bear. Because if we're yes. an acorn, we will grow into an acorn tree if we get the right water and environment and so on so clearing the stuff allows us to bear the fruit that we have been born to do exactly and that's exactly what it is you know this is where you express the power in your dna because that's really the dna has been shown to be um the russian scientists have uh shown done a lot of research to show that it is a language in itself and there's a lot more to it than has been um, told in textbooks. Hmm. I guess as we dive deeper into these topics, more and more will come to light that will absolutely astound us. And we're beginning to scratch the tip. Oh, God, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And isn't it wonderful that you uh, that you kind of at the forefront of all of this and will find out the new information as it comes along. So I would perhaps probably I'll ask you in future again, Sharon, to come and have another conversation about new findings and 
share some really magnificent new um, discoveries with us. So I'd love to ask you if you have any either learning opportunities with you or if somebody really wants to get in touch with you, how would they do that? Well, I have a, a great um, uh, gift on my website that people can get. Um, it, I have <laughs> forgotten my own uh, thing. It's called Four Secrets to Express the Power in Your DNA and Unleash Your Health, Vitality and Well-Being. And it's audio in audio form as well as written form. So they'll get um, these audios uh, that would explain things uh, much clearer. So they can do that by signing up on my website. Oh, that's beautiful. And please just give us your website. It's Charan Serda, that's C-H-A-R-A-N-S-U-R-D-H-A-R.com. Beautiful. And we'll put it on the show notes page as well. If people are listening now and they can't remember it so quickly, then go to SavvySelfGrowth.com and Sharon's episode will be there with her um, website, the Facebook page, as well as her Twitter handle. Um, that is incredible. That sounds very, very super. And I love that you put it into audio format as well for those of us who like to listen in our cars. Um, Charan, do you have any lost thoughts or inspiration or wisdom that you'd love to share that we haven't um, mentioned yet? The biggest wisdom that I found helpful for me, and that is that, you know, we have a tendency to actually uh, live outside of ourselves a lot because of all the being bombarded with so many things. And... One of the biggest ways that you can actually begin to shift things for yourself, for the listeners, is that just ask in this moment, right here, if you feel overwhelmed, um, just ask, where am I? And as you ask that question, notice where you are. And you might be feeling like you're actually floating around your head or uh, wherever. And just bring yourself back into into your body and feel just stay there for you know 30 seconds a minute and that in itself can begin to shift things for you wow that i love that that is such a practical tip that nobody has to go and study for 10 years to understand you can do it right here right now just ask yourself where am i bring the attention to the body for a couple of seconds and things will begin to shift Mm, I love that, Sharon. It's been such an honor and a privilege to speak with you and hear your amazing knowledge and experience come through. Thank you so much for, for spending time with us today. And our listeners, again, can go to her website, SharonSurda.com. I'll put it on the show notes page. So thank you, Sharon. It was an incredible privilege. Thank you, Liesl. It's uh, really great fun speaking with you. Thank you so much. And if you need help with... Uh, finding a career, our listeners, you'll adore and love, please contact me through the website SavvySelfGrowth.com and remember that like Sharon has found a career that absolutely fills her heart with bliss every day that she's able to do what she loves and really make that difference. If we find a fulfilling career, it means we can live a happy, fulfilled life. You've been listening to the Mindful Career Transitions podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in today. 
For the show notes and other inspiring guests and articles on career change, be sure to visit SavvySelfGrowth.com and download your free gift while you're there. Remember, a mindful career transition is a journey that involves the wisdom of the heart.